Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. And a very good Friday evening to all and all of you. John Hardnett, Jake Maestel to my right, Alex Cominati over the monitors, and to my left, my good friend Coach Hahn, Coach Brett Hahn. How are you, gentlemen? Hello there. Great to be with you guys. It's Friday. I'm doing well myself. <laughs> it's 4 p.m. on the East Coast. It's time for a Friday fun crew. How about that, Johnny oh, boy? I, oh, oh, yeah. I'm excited. I am very excited. I haven't been here in a while. I got sick again, and then we went on vacation. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Sick? I know how, how, how exactly how you feel. It's Doesn't not fun. Thanksgiving feel like a month ago? No. Nah. No. Feels like no. last week. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was last week. It, it yeah, was last yeah, no, week. That's honestly, why I said that. Honestly, it feels, it, feels so like I, it, it feels like I got back from Virginia yesterday, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> I, feel, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's been a very long week, gentlemen. It's always a good Friday, Kurt. It has we been got a long week. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, as a guest. Look, 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 look here, sweetheart, okay? I'm just here. Oh, you shouldn't have. You're making me blush over here. Not like, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to pull a Kojak here, okay, pal? All right. All right. Okay. All right, okay, over there, sweetheart, take it easy. Anyway, the point is this. point is this. I'm glad to be here with you gentlemen, and I figured I got Brett, I got John, I got Jake, and it's Friday, and we got some interviews and and a lot to talk about. So let's join the Grizzly gang, and let's have a lovely old time here on this Friday crew. How about that? I'm with that. That sounds great. (laughs) We got Ruggers basketball. Should we open with that? Ruggers? Ruggers. 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 So Ruggers basketball. Rugby? Uh... They're going in. They're playing Indiana Tamale and uh, Jersey Mike's Arena at four o'clock. What do you guys? Dad think? jokes are on fire today. So oh far. yeah, oh yeah. What do you guys think this team? What are you guys looking at for tomorrow? Here's the deal. Number one, you're coming off a really, really bad loss to a team like Miami, and I put I say bad because it was a great first half. You had a lot of three point shots being made. You were flying all over the floor. It was a one point game back and forth. Okay, right. Second half comes along, you blow the doors open to kick it off, and you're leading by at least 11 points at one moment in that second half. From that moment, same old Rutgers in the second half. They play too conservative. They play, all right, let's let's just try to hold on to win here by a little amount. Let's try to do the best we can, not get blown out, get some more guys in, give our starters some rest. This should be good enough. Hopefully, no, it's not, because Miami came storming back. Rutgers got lazy defensively, gave up a lot of three-point balls, t- took took too many fouls, and altogether Miami took advantage of Rutgers. Rutgers blew an 11-point lead. They lost by seven altogether in South Florida. One thing is this. Maybe Rutgers wasn't projected to win this game this past week. Okay, fair enough because they're not good on the road. But it's one thing to lose a game you were supposed to lose and lose a game that you were supposed to lose. But first off, you had a chance to win it. You were going to win it, and then you fell apart. Right. So my thing is consistency. And it, it's going to be different because they're home tomorrow. Indiana's going to Jersey Mike's. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be loud, raucous, electric, whatever word you want to use to describe tomorrow's game. It's going to be a madhouse. That's, that's the summary of it all. But if they can rebound versus Indiana, who I'm very surprised is a top 10 team in the nation. They're not a bad team, but top 10, I think it's a little too much, a little too extreme. If Rutgers can uh, you know, exploit the Indiana Hoosiers like they have the past few years, whether at Jersey Mike's or in Bloomington, I think they need a bounce-back win tomorrow. And what's going to make a difference is Cam Spencer's play altogether. And Cam Spencer had a decent first half. Cam Spencer has to play a strong 35, 40 minutes, however long he's going to be out there. And Brett, it's one thing to start strong, especially from downtown. It's another to flop and go 1 of 10 to finish the game from across the entire field. Yeah, and that's exactly it. I mean, you have to be able to finish basketball games. Rutgers, uh, with that last game against Miami, a 28-11, a closing run from the Hurricanes to beat them. I mean, you simply can't have that. Um, and really, this is the this is a test of your schedule. This is the beginning of the Big Ten Conference slate against Indiana. Yeah. Granted, against Indiana, they've won the last five games, yep. but 
you know, it's like you said, Alex, they, they have a good collective group and they are ranked number 10. So you, you, you can't sleep on them. No, you, no, you, no. you can't do what you did in the second half in, of this the, Miami uh, game and sleep on their ability to put up points and to give you trouble on defensive end. I mean, with, with Rutgers, you have seen in six games so far a team that has the ability to get hot from beyond the three-point line. You've seen a team that can rebound with the best teams in the country, and I, I see no reason why they won't do it out here again. And you see a team with the return of Caleb McConnell especially that has improved vastly defensively, Yeah, and they're going to cause problems. So you just got to go back to focusing on your strengths and really look at this Miami game as an outlier and get, you know, more than anything, I hope that this game for the Scarlet Knights serves as a wake-up call or the game against Miami, excuse me, serves as a wake-up call for this one. Yeah. Cause I mean, 28, like giving up a second half lead, uh, 17 more points in the second half, the Hurricanes score. I mean, that's just unacceptable. And keep in mind, Rutgers had a scoring drought of a total of, of at least seven minutes of those 20 minutes of play. They couldn't find. They couldn't buy a basket right. in 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 South Florida for a, a, a at least a quarter or a third of that second half where you led by eleven. You had a lot of success in the majority of the game, and then you melted away. Uh, I mean, Jake, that's kind of an un. That's a very unacceptable loss. And keep in mind, okay, it's Miami, what have you. But for a Rutgers team that struggles on the road, that's abysmal away from Jersey Mike's arena, and again, you start strong and you fall apart. We've seen that movie over and over again. The most notable is uh, the March Madness game versus Houston about two years ago, where they were up by 10, 11, maybe 13 at most, and they ended up losing by three points to Houston all in the second half. So it's really just playing a full 40 minutes and really just building up your strength and conditioning to last during that period of time. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of look at that second half and just just to kind of break it down, I, I first want to say... You know, yes, it's 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 a it's a bad way to lose a game. You don't want to see them lose that way. But to see the way they played in that first half, it's promising. If they it can, it, I'm willing to call this an outlier. If the next time they go out on the road against Ohio State, they're able to do the same thing but stretch out across the whole game, I'm willing to call the game against Miami an outlier. But for now, it it looks troubling. And there's but since it's early in the season, of course, there's a lot to build on. We we talked about Cam Spencer absolutely becoming invisible in the second half, which absolutely can't happen. He's been a really he's been a really solid player for them, you know, as a as a transfer this year, his first year with the Scarlet Knights. Yeah. And in a game that big, he he can't disappear like that. So if if, if that's gonna happen against the Big Ten teams, that's that's gonna be a problem. Obviously they were missing Paul Mulcahy out there, his leadership on the court. And I do wonder if he had been out there playing, would they have crumbled the way they did in the second half? It's hard to say, but I I feel like they would have stood a better chance in that second half. Regardless, uh, you can't you can't let that happen. You can't get that badly outscored in at any point in a basketball game. It's just not something you want to have happen. As for their chances against Indiana, I mean, they should come into this game with some confidence, even after that. Really disappointing, heartbreaking loss to Miami because, again, Indiana is a team that they have historically been really well against the past mm-hmm. few, done really well against the past few years, both at home and on the road. So, even though Indiana's ranked, even though they are undefeated 7 and 0 going into this game, Rutgers should come out here with confidence, not cockiness, confidence because they should, one, because they should feel like they can beat anybody, sure. which I believe they can. And two, they it would be good for them to come out confident after a loss like that because they they need to show that that loss this early in the season isn't going to get them down and isn't going to affect their play going forward. Another point I want to add on, you know, Jig, you, you did say like, what if Paul Mulcahy was in this game? You know, would it have made a difference? I don't think in this instance one player could have outset what happened here. Uh, don't get me wrong, Paul Mulcahy is an excellent playmaker. You know, this, the way this Rutgers team is uh, put together for the first time in his entire collegiate career, he can focus on that strength of being a true point and guard. And he's a must to have on the floor as well. Oh, he's he a is. must to have. No, no, he definitely is, I, and and there, there's no doubt that his impact is definitely missed. But r- compared to past couple years, this team, instead of it being a one-two 
uh, one-two punch of Gio and Ron Baker. Now you have guys, Cam Spencer, Caleb McConnell, Cliff Amore, continue to do his thing. They call him the Dunk King. I mean, right. he's continuing <clears throat> to do his thing. Um, Mar- yeah, Mar- Mar- Mag, solid minutes off the bench. Andre Hyatt's taking, taking that next step. Um, Derek... Uh, Derek Simpson, the freshman, has looked good in spurts. I mean, this team, compared to years past, has more depth and has that ability to withstand injury, something you couldn't say in the past two seasons. No, it is a lot. And, John, when I look at Indiana especially, and, you know, they've played some teams that aren't great. They've played a UNC team that's been a, a little flimsy and very sloppy and sluggish to begin this year. But UNC, excuse me, made a remarkable run last year all the way to, to, to the national championship. And this is a UNC team that, that just beat by 12 points on uh, Wednesday that was a half away from winning a national title. So we look at Indiana, and again, a, a lot of their opponents haven't been the best, but coming off a game versus UNC the way they did, and Indiana knows that Rutgers has their number, and and they know Jersey Mike Serena is going to be hostile and crazy tomorrow and what have you. If you're Indiana... Not only is this your game to lose, but Indiana has, I would say, they feel very comfortable, and they're not going to back down very easily in this matchup. Uh, You know, the Hoosiers as a whole, they're not going to be afraid to deal with the Jersey Mike's Arena crowd, the the, the, the chants, the screaming, whatever it may be. Indiana's going to go into this game very comfortable, like it's any other game they've played so far, and any other game they're going to play for the rest of this year. Indiana might get ticked off and troubled here and there, but they're going to be going in like it's another game, regardless of what history looks like this these these past few matchups between Rutgers and Indiana. Yeah, and I just I just wanted to mention we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. The fact that Indiana does have one of the top players in the nation on their team, Trace Jackson. Oh, Davis, absolutely. Who is absolutely a guy to watch out for. He's, he's been for probably years. so far this season, he's probably been better than any other year yeah. he has played at Indiana. So he is definitely going to be a force on that floor. And they're going to have to find some way to contain him. I think if they can find a way to contain him, they should be able to win that game. I think the biggest thing is Ruck, is Rutgers tomorrow is finding their finding their groove and being consistent. You mentioned that Cam Spencer was was basically invisible for the second half of the game for the, most of the game yesterday on a uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't Cam Spencer wasn't didn't go through a scoring job for seven minutes. The entire team did. So That's I true. think Indiana knows that they probably watch watching tape from that game today. Um, and going into tomorrow, and you're going to see the Trappers with a Doom and Jersey Mike's Arena just go crazy. You know, that's an electric building yeah, yeah. when it's packed. It will be. It's sold out. The Bleacher Creatures are going to have some great chance. The bands will be playing. It's always great. <laughs> was Yankee Stadium with the Bleacher Creatures? <laughs> yeah, what I was about this? to say, wait a minute. When, 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 did we get, when did we move a part of Yankee Stadium into here? Yeah, it's interchangeable. So, uh, interchangeable. If anything, if Indiana catches a groove, you know, maybe two or three minutes, they put up, you know, a six-point, eight-point lead, and the, the, some of the energy starts to die in that building, they could still win yeah they could they could and jake mentioned trace jackson davis he's had double digit points in all five all all five games this year so far for the hoosiers he's had two double doubles and he's averaging 19.2 points a game that's insane and he's nearly averaging a double double altogether 25.8 minutes 71 percent from the field 66.7 or 67.7 from the charity stripe so this is a guy Brett, who again we know has been incredible for years and years and years for, with, with Indiana, but to begin a season like he's done so far, whoa! And my question is, Cliff Amore, yeah, he'll be able to handle him for a while. How does Cliff not get into foul trouble? Because we saw in half number two, he had three fouls off the gun, and they had to take him out for a guy like Dean Reber and so many others, Andre Hyatt too, to fill in that block of time. Guaranteed, Miami does not have Trace Jackson Davis, but Indiana does, obviously. And Trace Jackson Davis, when he gets going, especially down low, he's a menace. So my thing is, how do they really limit the fouls? How does Cliff not get into early foul trouble or foul trouble at all? And let's say that happens, how do they pre-plan for that situation? God forbid it takes place. Yeah, I I think at first, how do you negate it? I mean, you got to execute your zone. I mean, that that's something that Rutgers for the six-game stretch has been able to do for the most part pretty effectively. But with a guy like Trace Jackson Dave, 
Trace Jackson Davis, excuse me, on the opposing team, you know, that's something that you're definitely going to have to hone in on more. Help defense without without being overly physical is key to stopping impact playmakers. I mean, you, you said it yourself, Alex. He averages 19 points a game, nearly 10 rebounds. He's a three-time All-Conference selection and All-American. The guy is a certified stud. And, and, and we've seen with Cliff Amore at times over the years that he's somebody who on the defensive end has the ability to get blocked shots, but at times is out of position. Yeah. And when you're out of position and you're not able to shuffle your feet on time to catch up with – the with the offensive player in stride that leads to fouls. Sure. Now for and now going back to the whole zone defense thing, being in your spot and uh, and having constant communication on defense is the key to negating foul trouble for Cliff. Now, I think I think Jackson Davis is going to give him a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, uh, he's going to give him a lot of trouble. I mean, I, I, I'm not I'm not going to come out here and predict that. Cliff is going to rack up a ton of fouls, but he's definitely going to have to be paying attention and be on be on point to avoid having to go to like a Dean Reber off the bench. And I'm not saying Dean Reber is a bad player, but Dean Reber against Trace Jackson Davis, you know who's winning that Does matchup nine good. out of ten I, times. I so. think they're going to have to be points during this game where they're going to have to double team Trace Jackson Davis just a bit out of necessity. One to limit fouls. They should probably they should probably do it on occasion early and often. Not too often, but right. like, you know what I mean. Um, just just to kind of negate the need just just to negate racking up a lot of fouls on Amori and Reber and Moa Mag and Andre Hyatt. Mm-hmm. But but also just because sometimes if if he's really giving you trouble, sometimes taking him out of the equation is just gonna be better for Rutgers because two reasons. One, taking him out of the equation can throw off the Indiana offense. It, right Definitely. now, it does pretty much revolve around him. Um, not saying they don't have other good players. I mean, right. Xavier Johnson, but too, is another scoring threat. But. He is. <laughs> but right now, it revolves around him. So you want right. to, at points in the game, make them try to figure out how to do it without him. And two, it just leave letting other players score and keeping him out of the equation, making him less of a threat, can just overall give you a better shot just shutting down their best player. Yes, it'll leave some some opportunities open in the floor for other guys to get the ball, but you can defend those guys one-on-one better than you can Trace Jackson Davis. That's for sure, and I like the idea of double-teaming You don't him. want to do it the whole exactly, game. Exactly, because when you have guys like Race Thompson and Johnson and so many others that we can name for Indiana, Indiana's a very good team from downtown. They can shoot the ball very well from beyond the arc, and that's what hurt Rutgers in the second half specifically versus Miami this past Wednesday. At the same time, John, when it comes to their overall defense in that sense, I like the idea of double-teaming. Trace Jackson Davis, but whether you double team him or not, not 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 only do you have to improve on your three point play, first half three point ball was remarkable. You were five of nine. Following that, you finished six of eighteen. That can't happen at all, number one. Number two, when it comes to your three-point play altogether offensively and defensively, that has to be another massive game plan against an Indiana team that can just flat-out score when they're hot, when they feel right, and basically whenever they just want to. Right. And when it comes to double-teaming Trace Thompson, I think the biggest thing is to be wary of, the pe- of you know, for the potential fouls. And, like, you know, just be, just keep that in mind because, turn- I mean, the turnovers have been relatively I mean, let me see how many turnovers. That's another thing. Turnovers too. Rutgers had 15 turnovers on yeah, Wednesday. That, Miami scored 16 points off of it. That can't happen. That can't happen. They're lucky they didn't score more off of yeah. it. Yeah, right. And most of those points came came of course in half number two. Sure. But right. still, you can't have 15 turnovers like that. You can't have 16 points scored against it. And keep in mind, Miami they had 11 turnovers of their own in that matchup. So it's bad enough. That Miami themselves, when they're down and they're coming back, and of course they won, they had turnovers. But Rutgers, when 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 you had the lead, you had the advantage, you throw the game away with turnovers, and you just let let the opposing team run on in there, score more points off of it. So that's another thing. And if you let Indiana capitalize off those turnovers, good night, see you later, see you later, bye. Rutgers is gonna say, Rutgers is gonna be saying, who loves you, baby? Indiana loves you. Who's your daddy? Well, well, really, well. <laughs> Let's say the opposite way around if that happens, because it's 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 going to be Rutgers who loves you, baby. Indiana loves you. Indiana you really go. loves you. There but you hopefully it's hey Indiana who loves you, baby. Rutgers loves you. I, Rutgers really loves you. I I, I was going to go with who's your daddy, but 
Well, yeah. who, I mean, I mean, I mean, we we already know who Indiana's daddy is. Number one, it's <laughs> number one, it's Ron Hoffa Jr. Number two, it's been Rutgers for the past few years now. And number three, they're going to be singing "Who Loves Your Baby" the entire night long, hopefully for the sake of the Scarlet Knights. But the point is, this gentlemen, this is a game they have to pull off. Mm-hmm. This is a game they have to win. And not only the Miami game and this game tomorrow, but they're they're on a five-game stretch of really tough opponents. Following this game, you've got Ohio State and Columbus. You have Seton Hall at home. Wake you have Forest. Wake Forest at home, too. I said this earlier in the week. If they drop three or five, it's not a panic, but it's a concern. Right. Let's say let's say you drop three three of these five games, and let's say you also either split your first four Big Ten games in January or drop three or four. That's where we start to hit some buttons and ring some alarm bells where, okay, what's going on here? Things really have to change. Look, it's one thing when you're beating up on Columbia and UMass Lowell and Central Connecticut State and Ryder. Okay, that that's expected, especially in the second half. But when you have a lead, the way you played so strongly for the majority of the part versus Miami, and then you shoot yourself in the foot and lose that game completely, fall apart, you can't have that against Power 5 teams. And following, you know, this whole five-game stretch, they are, they'll, they'll play Bucknell and they'll play Coppin State, who are teams they should beat up on. Right. Following that, it's all Big Ten, baby. And if you drop a lot of Big Ten games, especially earlier on, and let's say you start the Big Ten season 0 of 2 with losses against Indiana and Ohio State, one at home, one away from home, those are some – that that's a – that's very concerning, and there's going to be questions that have to be answered. Oh, I agree, and you know, I so. I think for, for you know for the Rutgers team and for us here in the studio too, it's a one game at a time mentality. I, I it mean, is coach, no, it is. Co- Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson said this this week about the Detroit Lions game. It's a one game season, a one game mentality. It's a, one of the, one of the best ways to look at things and you know kind of going back to Jake's point I mean it starts with Terry and Jackson Davis it starts with, I, I, I agree with the whole double teaming thing I mean that goes back to the effectiveness of the zone the, yeah. wi- the wings being able to uh, rotate in between their spots move with the offensive players right and the most important thing that we didn't touch on yet is Rutgers ability to force turnovers yeah that's that's a huge key here. I mean, Cam Spencer, we talked about him earlier. Right. He's second in the nation steals per game, right. almost three and a half. Same time, though, and on Wednesday, he had, I think, three or four turnovers himself. So he really struggled in that area, too. Not not just forcing turnovers, but giving up the ball himself as well. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, look, look. Cam Spencer had a bad game Wednesday. But from what we've seen so far, he's been a very nice addition. He brings a, like, a new offensive swagger to a certain extent. And what I notice a lot is that when Paul and Cam play together, that's the best thing for this team. They really missed out on Paul Mulcahy this past Wednesday. And hopefully he plays tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. We don't know. Maybe he won't play. I would assume he might not. Again, I could be spot wrong on that. But... Paul, I would have to say, if he plays, is going to help Cam Spencer a lot. And when it comes to forcing those turnovers, if you have both guys on the court at the same time, that's going to help this team, not just in that category, but in many other categories, to hopefully pull off a victory uh, tomorrow night. Oh, no, I completely agree. And, you know, imagine a defensive big three of Mulcahy, McConnell, and Spencer on the court at the same time. And Big Cliff. Cliff Manning down low. Yeah, I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. Well, again, it is huge. It's a massive game altogether, and we'll have coverage live on WRSU, 4 p.m. It starts 345 Eastern. Coverage will start on WRSU and gentlemen. Again, this is a, this is a massive game for this team, and I think this team, this th- this game, Jake specifically, will prove a lot of where this team is going and what direction they're going to be putting themselves in. And it's early; it's only December. Rutgers has played seven games. There's still a season left to go. Most more than half a season left to go. But these earlier games definitely play a toll. And if you can beat up on non-Power 5 teams, but you can't beat Power 5, and if, if, if you include Seton Hall, Power 6, because they're in the Big East, if you can't beat those teams, or you can't beat three out of five of those teams with the next these, these five games, including those type of teams, to kick off a season, that's a concern. And if you can't do that to begin a season, what is that going to look like the remainder of the year? Don't, again, those the, those are big things. Yeah, I mean, looking at this, yeah. at 
from a broader perspective and oh, yeah, yeah. effect on the rest of their season. But this, still. This game against Indiana, If I know it's early in the season. I know it's Indiana. I know it's at home. So even though Indiana has had such a great start, you know, Rutgers, should, Rutgers realistically yeah. should have a pretty good chance, good chance to win winning, this game. Yeah. It's about yeah. coin flip odds right now. Yeah. But th- winning this game would be a pretty big statement win at the beginning of this Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Because they'd be beating a ranked opponent – after beating up on a bunch of small schools that they're supposed to be, which, remember, their start to last season, it did not go that way. That's true. At this point, in last season, they were not they, – they were either struggling in those games against their easy non-conference opponents or losing them outright at home yeah. even. And it was only until they played a ranked opponent on their home floor – that we started to realize maybe this Rutgers team isn't so bad. I'm right, sure right. you all remember the shot heard around the country huh. last year. But this t- this time the narrative is a little bit different. Rutgers coming out looking very strong. Their offense way better this season than it was last year and even the year before oh, absolutely. so far. They have a chance to make a pretty big statement by beating a ranked opponent early after decimating most of their non- easy non-conference games. Right, right. Early and even and even the the one you know Miami not an easy game obviously and Temple underrated this year, um, but you know I mean beating Indiana, it would it would be a it would be a pretty big statement I think I I'm excited to see how the game goes Indiana is currently favored at least on ESPN by about three points but it really is coin flip odds I'm looking at the team stats. And they match up very well because Indiana scores more points per game, but Rutgers allows fewer. Right, right. Um, Rutgers gets more rebounds per game. Indiana more assists and more blocks, but Rutgers more steals. They match up pretty well. Right, right. This could be a nail biter. No, it, could, it 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 really could be, and honestly, I think it will be. And that's what it was last year. It was a nail biter, and it took down till the final shot. Ron Harper Jr. with about two seconds left to go canned a three from downtown, and that made the difference of who won the game. Rutgers, of course, won 66-63 out in Indiana last season, last time these two teams squared off. So, you know, you know, we, we look at those things, and it is a massive game early in this season. And again, you're beating up on these easier teams, but with, with your true competition starting these first two teams, Miami and, and Indiana, and if you lose both of those games back-to-back and all of a sudden maybe lose to Ohio State, maybe you drop one to Seton Hall, hopefully not, ho- hopefully not once at Wake Forest either, if you drop these games consistently after starting strong versus very bad teams and not teams that are nowhere close to Rutgers' true competition level, those are problems. And the thing is, is that how is that going to balance out the remainder of the way? We'll see how it plays out. Plenty of time, of course, to go, um, you know, in this season. But these earlier games definitely play a role, and they will play a toll on what happens the rest of the way through and how this season truly starts and how this season will foretaste what will happen um, the rest of the way. The time is 428 on the East Coast, almost at 430 here in New Brunswick, New Jersey. This is the Friday crew on WRSU FM New Brunswick. Jake Maystell, John Hawnett, Brett Hahn, I'm, I'm, I'm Alex Carminati, and altogether, you know, this is a massive game indeed and we'll see how it plays out coverage will be live at 4 p.m. 345 starting at when Rutgers men's basketball does battle with Indiana at Jersey Mike's Arena it's gonna be loud it's gonna be raucous it's gonna be electric the thing is what's the result out uh outcome going to be that's the main question and we'll see how that all plays out with that we'll step aside we'll take a break we'll do locks of the week when we return and then we've got about an hour and a half to go 30 minutes down about 90 left here on the friday crew the fun friday crew on 88.7 fm wrsu fm new brunswick and online at wrsu.org keep in tune because the locks are coming up next and we'll definitely lock some things in for you once again wrsu fm new brunswick friday crew on 88.7 and online at wrsu.org
Locks of the Week here on Friday Crew, where WRSU Studios gives you gambling advice, and despite what Jake Maystel may say, it's advice I, you should listen, take. Listen, I've, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement <laughs> with you, okay? We're, you can take our advice. Just proceed with caution. This is a change in theme over the course of the semester. We have succeeded. John, character John, development. John, give yeah. me a fest bump. Guys, right. character development, okay? <laughs> character development. All right, but nonetheless, you know, I, I'm Brett Hahn, John Harnett to my right, Jake Mestel also to my right, Alex Carminati, the legend himself, Massapequa's finest in front take of me on the take computer. It, take it easy. I'm not. <laughs> Thank you, but I'm all right. I'm okay. All right. Well, okay. got locks of the week. FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, doesn't matter. Wherever you guys get your gambling from, we are here to help with the odds and picks. Does anybody have a lock to go first? Well, you know what? I'll go you got first. got this, Jake. I believe in you. I, you. You know, it's the Friday crew, and it's locks of the week on the Friday crew, and you know what that means. During NFL season, I'm picking an NFL game for my lock of the week now. I was also on the Wednesday crew and had a lock on Wednesday as well. That was for last night's Thursday night football game. Bills at the Patriots. The over-under was about 43 and a half. I picked the under, and that one hit. What, what, what was the final score last night? Uh, It was 27 to 10. Something like that. It definitely didn't get the 43 and a half. All I, I know, know is that, that Mac Jones was tw- uh, 24-10. Mac Jones was not very happy. Okay. That's all I know. No, he was not. Mac he Jones was not, was not thrilled. <laughs> he... He he was not. He wanted to run the ball more, and uh, or he wanted to pass the ball more. Something oh, like that. He, 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 he was did, not happy. He with definitely the wanted to throw the ball more. I'll he, tell you that he, much. He he was not happy with the offensive play calling. The point. That said, there are a lot of interesting games this week, and we will cover those in more detail later. But just to name a couple, we got rematch of the AFC Championship game: Chiefs Bengals. Uh, we also game. have Jets at Jets at the Vikings. That should be an interesting matchup. Um, Packers, Bears, to see which one is more of a poverty franchise this year. Yeah. Um, yep. At Chargers, Raiders, Raiders making a push, maybe. And we also have the Tennessee Titans at the Philadelphia Eagles. Interesting. And I was kind of struggling a bit on which game to pick, and I think I'm going to go bold. I am going to say for my lock of the week. Because I'm looking at the stats here, and I'm looking at the the two rushing defenses for these two teams, Titans and Eagles. The Titans have allowed only 84.5 rushing yards per game, which is pretty good, considering some some of the guys they've had to play. I mean, they started the year playing against Saquon Barkley. So, you know, the Eagles, on the other hand, have allowed 120.7 rushing yards per game on the season. Not very good, especially when you have to go up against Derrick Henry and a nice complimentary back in Dontrell Hilliard. I'm thinking they're going to run all over the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm predicting 150-plus yards on the ground for Derrick Henry and at least one rushing touchdown. Do I predict the Titans win? I'm going to say no. I'm just going to predict Derrick Henry, 150-plus rushing yards, one-plus rushing touchdowns against at the Philadelphia Eagles. And if that happens, Titans have a good shot at winning, obviously. Because when Derrick Henry gets going, they usually win. They have a great shot at winning. I mean, look, 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 my Packers are, are a disaster train wreck explosion. That's a whole different story. But... In that disaster train wreck explosion, they lost by only seven points last Sunday night to Philadelphia in Philly. And, you know, Rodgers got hurt or what have you. And Jordan Love actually looked pretty good. Had a nice 63-yard dot to Christian Watson. I'll say this. The Eagles have been slipping a little bit. They, they, they've had wins, of course, versus the Colts and the Packers. They lost to Washington, obviously. But Philadelphia is starting to crumble a little bit. And I think they'll be Tennessee, but it might be a seven-point game once again. I would not be surprised. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's a bull pick. The Eagles have been over their last three games. They played their opponents close. Obviously, they had that loss to Washington at home, that stunner. Then you know they played Indy way too close for yeah. comfort for their for their liking, and then they they just couldn't they couldn't pull away 
completely against the Packers. They won the game, right, obviously, right. but they, right, right. they they just could not completely pull away and win as dominantly as they should have. So mm-hmm. I do think Tennessee has a good shot in this game. I'm just not picking the win because it's really hard to count out the Philadelphia Eagles this season. It is. Considering how well they've managed to play, even when playing down to their competition or just playing you know, a little too close. But I do think that an already leaky rushing defense is going to give up a big day to Derrick Henry. The, I mean, obviously, the X factor for the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be right up front. They've got what? A, they've got a premier defensive tackle in Fletcher Cox. Yes, he's a little bit old at this point, but he's still a really solid player, of and course. he's always going to be a force in that rushing defense. Right, and of right. course, they've got their free agent pickups, Ndamukong Sue right. and the former giant Linval Joseph. Not very happy to see him go to that team. Um but th- those two guys have been very solid across their careers. So if anyone is going to stop Derrick Henry in this game, it's going to be those three guys up front. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I don't think they're going to get it done, at least not against the run. <laughs> Mr. John Hotnet, do you have something for us, sir? I do. I'm going to stick with what I know. That's obviously ice hockey because it's cold out. Um, okay. <laughs> it was hot out with space. I love the logic. There you go. So, um, last time, my lock did not hit. I picked the Capitals to upset the Avalanche. Their Capitals are just flailing. I'm sorry. Yeah. You... I picked the Capitals to upset the Avalanche. It didn't happen. It didn't hit. Shocker, were, right? Were you hey, awake? Hey, you asleep? like to be bold, John. You like to be were bold. Were you I was not dreaming, unconscious when you made that pick? I mean, come on. Hey, hey. hey, even like the best teams, you know. Last year, I think that the the Panthers won the President's Trophy. Yeah, they still lost like twenty games. So I was like, I hey, never know. Carm, we like to be bold around here. Yeah, I yeah. get that, so but but have you seen that offense? <laughs> and they have our boy Alex Georgiev in the net. Not to be not to be confused with our he's, own our other boy Alex Carmenotti. He's not my boy. That's all. That's the WRC's. I'm boy. more of a Francois guy, pal. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. I'm picking. Uh, it should be a pretty good game. Maple Leafs. At Tampa Bay. Oh. Uh, the Leafs are not the favorite. They're, that, why would they be the favorite? That kind of makes sense. They've won. Considering it's not fall anymore, I see why they're not the favorite. <laughs> that was technically, good. Thank you, good. Thank technically. That was a smart joke. Technically, smart. I hate to burst your bubble a little bit, but it is still fall. But we are in December, so. Just, I, I don't see any leaves, though, man. The, the, these branches are. I see some leaves. I leaves. I can it's see not why, but go they're ahead. falling soon, though. They're all going to fall soon. Uh, the Lightning are the favorites, minus one, one, minus one twenty-eight. The Leafs have won five straight games. Uh, Vasilevsky is the, is one of the best goalies on the planet. The <laughs> and he's been he's been uh, he's been all right. Not yeah, no he, he's percentage. not been the best this year. Uh, the goalie tandem for Toronto has been great. Uh, their boy Samsonov and Murray, both uh, you know the journeyman and the former Penguin. That's actually working out. Yeah. Both really? Have save percentage is over 920. Samsonov, you said? Yeah. And uh, a GAA of 2.09 and 2.44. So wow. Very good goalie tandem. That is. Did not, no one saw this coming. No. It's still very early. It is. But um, so Lightning has, the you know, uh, Paul, Kucherov, Stamkos, uh, you know, they're big three. Oh, yeah. They're going to, the, the last five games, they've been better. Uh, more goals, more assists, more points. Yeah. But this is what happens when an unstoppable offensive force. It's an immovable goaltending tandem. I think Toronto wins the game. Never doubt the ability. Speaking from a Ranger fan, goalies have been stealing wins for 70 years. <laughs> so never doubt the ability for a goalie to steal a game. Maple Leafs are winning this game. That's a bold That's pick. I'll t- that game can go either way. I'm going to watch that game. What is it? Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow at 7? Yep, in Tampa Bay. Look, that game will go, of course, one of two ways, easily. But... One of two ways in this sense. It's either going to be that brick wall, whatever it may be, or the Bolts get hot early, and they just torch the you-know-what out of Toronto. And you Vasilevsky know, be, could very well just turn to a brick wall. He could. He it, could. It should be a good game. I'm actually going to watch oh, that be. game. Oh, it should be. That on it, is it on TNT, ESPN? What's that game on? That's a good question, Alex. I should probably know that. It is on uh, NHL Network. Ooh, that's pretty good. Should be really good. That's pretty good. I'm, studying, I'm, I'm literally setting an alarm right now to watch it because I'm gonna forget about it. I should do there that too, <laughs> Mr. Brett Hahn. What do you have, sir? Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. This is a we time. Got him. This is a time for unison. This is a time tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. where we all put our differences aside and we are glued to our television sets, where we 
watch the USA pound the living hell out of the Netherlands. Who apparently has the flu. Apparently has the flu. I hate to burst your bubble, but but I think the game's at 9 o'clock. It is at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Oh, I'm wrong. Okay. It is at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Everybody, have a Miller Lite in your hands. At, who cares if it's 10 a.m.? The USA is on TV. It's the World Cup. 10 a.m., you're right. It's Wait, Brett, World Brett, Cup. what if I don't drink? All right, have your oh, have your, or have your apple juice in your hand, man. Uh, <laughs> whatever you guys drink. Your modern ale is apple juice. Miller <laughs> 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 lighter apple Honestly, juice. Honestly, I can't drink either, I, I, so I'm it's probably it. orange juice more, or milk. More, <laughs> modern ale is apple juice, fair <laughs> or enough. Or water. But it's called ooh. soccer. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it, it, it is called soccer. But nonetheless, plus 198 for the USA to beat the Netherlands. I see no way that the power of the bald eagle will not persevere here. Lock him in. What is I the say is advanced? Guide. I love it. Guide. What is a kilometer? <laughs> it's, I... it's time for Crump's next lock. <laughs> That's bold. I'll tell you that much. That is bold. I like that. That's I like bold. it. It's not bold. It's a guarantee. It's a lock. You know like, what? Like it's Mark a lock. Messier guarantee. I'm never going to hear the end of this so they lose, but the guarantee. But you know what? Like Mark Messier guarantee. You got to guarantee, you guarantee, you gotta guarantee go. it. You know what? I'm going to Charles Barkley guarantee it. <laughs> you know, no, no. Don't do a Charles Barkley guarantee. Like Mark Messier. What you have to do is do a Mark Messier guarantee. Back in 1994. Mark or Mark? Mark. 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 Are you new here? Yes. <laughs> Mark. I totally haven't been board hopping this entire semester. I, I, I'm completely new. <laughs> Back in 1994, Mark Messier, the New York Rangers, class act. a very classy guy, guaranteed a, a, a Game 6 victory in the 1994 Eastern Conference Finals against the New Jersey Devils. The series was 3-2 New Jersey. John, what happened? Mark Messier guaranteed a win. And they won the game, and he got a hat trick. He got a hat trick in game six, and they won the game three to two. Then they Beautiful. won game seven. Stefano Matteau, 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 Matteau. They win the Eastern Conference Championship. They were down late in game seven, too. They were, and they came back to tie it and then win in overtime. Then they go to the Stanley Cup final, and they beat the Vancouver Canucks in seven games to win their first title at that time since 1940. Sam Rosa once said, this will live a lifetime. I, it's starting to feel like it. <laughs> oh, it has been because it's it's been almost thirty years now. <laughs> but the point is this: I guarantee, like Mark Messier guaranteed in nineteen ninety four, like Brett Hahn guaranteed right now, like Brett Hahn guaranteed. <laughs> I appreciate the love. There you go. Like Brett Hahn guaranteed in twenty twenty two. I guarantee tomorrow's men's basketball game between Rutgers and Indiana is going to end. On a game-winning three. Ooh. Who is going to shoot the shot? His name? His name? His name? John Hartnett. His name is? <laughs> it's John not John Hartnett. Hartnett. <laughs> John Hartnett. <laughs> it is not John Hartnett. His name is John Cena. <laughs> it is Cam Spencer. Cam Spencer. Oh, okay. Nice. I thought you were saying Cliff for a second. The way you repeated the, his name. His name. Imagine Cliff with a knockdown three. Cam Spencer had a bad game Wednesday night. Mm. But we brought the kid in for a reason. And I guarantee, like Mark Messier guaranteed in 1994, I guarantee Cam Spencer is going to hit a game-winning three tomorrow night when Rutgers downs Indiana again, this time at Jersey Mike's Arena. Indiana, who loves you, baby? Rutgers loves you. Cam Spencer is going to really love you tomorrow night. And I guarantee that's going to happen, just like Mark Messier guaranteed a championship and a Game 6 win in 1994. I like it. I will triple down. I will, if they win tomorrow and Cam Spencer hits the three, I just I just did the three, <laughs> I will buy you. What are you, a ballerina? What is that? That's a, that's a shot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my uh, goodness. It, not, it, it's like, I'm, I'm a baseball guy. So That's fair. I will buy you <laughs> chicky parm, eggplant parm, and another parm of your choosing. Veal Parmesan. Oh, that might oh, be my favorite. Good Can I get out of this for veal parm? Veal parm's delicious. Veal parm is good. I will. The best parm. Yeah, veal no parm doubt. is good. Veal <laughs> parm is really good. So, no. so, so, if you win this, you get chicken, chicken eggplant, parm, and veal. eggplant parm, and veal parm. Veal parm. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll, t- I'll tell you guys in the next segment. The right. veal parm. Veal parm. I will triple down. 
This guy is starting to become my favorite Italian now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Johnny Boy, you're on. You're on. Bet. You're on. I'm in. But Cam Spencer is going to make it 1994 all over again. This time at the expense of the Indiana Hoosiers in the favor of the real New Jersey team. Sorry, the Devils. Rutgers. <laughs> Although yes. the Devils are the real New Jersey team anyway. But the point is, I guarantee that's going to happen. With that, we'll step aside. We'll come back in the last 15 or so of Hour 1. And then we have Hour 2. Lots more to come on the Friday crew on 88.7 FM, WRSU FM, New Brunswick, and online at WRSU.org. Can we just talk? You know the music. Moose, jerseys, pools, and rain. Gentlemen, DH. Can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> well, my this is nothing. Hallelujah. This has nothing to do with anything. But the other day, I was going to Wawa with my buddy Stan, and uh, he was like, "Yo, they play a song in the car." I'm like, "Yeah, go ahead." I give him the phone because he's the co-pilot. He puts an Elvis, an American trilogy on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. We sing the entire song on the way to Wawa, and it was majestic. It sounds <laughs> well, dumb. Saw Wawa that, trip. Sounds, that sounds <laughs> okay. like an absolutely magical trip. It was, and we were, we, we were singing good. Uh, I can sing. This is great. Okay, we just came back from break, and I don't know what the heck just happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I have to say on that. This is Can We Just Talk, man. Yeah, I, can We Just Talk I know on the Friday Crew. I know it's Can We Just Talk, but I don't know what the heck that was specifically. What? What was to come back from he's break. Si- he's okay. singing Elvis to go to Wawa. Yeah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. That's anyway, just how I feel so, about Wawa in general. They got love. Wawa is definitely one of the goaded convenience stores. You're telling me Elvis, or Elvis, Jesus. You're telling me Elvis, excuse me. <laughs> Ellis Gordon, ha, ha, Ellis Gordon, Ellis Gordon's my, the my, luckiest my, fantasy player alive. Uh, that's besides the uh, point. Ellis Gordon uh, might be no, a scary that singer. That's be, all I know. That would be me. It is not you. It is me. Je- Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson dropped eight combined points. I lost seventy-five to sixty-two. Oh, Please enlighten brutal. me. Ellis is not the luckiest fantasy okay. player okay, alive. Okay, sixty-two Brett, in fantasy. Brett, yes. Brett. Brett, wow. do you remember who you just played this past week? Yeah, and I dropped one forty-three, and I lost as well. That's ridiculous. Thank you, Josh Jacobs. Ri- oh my God. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying to the Lord above. I get a mystery illness like a week before this, <laughs> this champagne trip because it's gonna end up being me. Don't, don't worry, don't worry, Brett. Uh, don't worry, Brett. Mo's got you covered. <laughs> champagne, look, sit. It's the final too. I like champagne. Although, I did. although Dennis made this rule change in the middle of the season. What? About it being the final two people instead of instead of the final Uh-oh. one, Ooh. he made the change in the middle of the season. You can't just make a change in the middle of the season like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. No, I don't acknowledge it. I don't think I should. Get, I don't, I'll, I'll, if you want to go back to the old deal, one per the the loser goes to champagne. How about they go with me the champagne? Hmm? <laughs> well, wasn't that I the mean, original arrangement? I thought that was the original deal. Yeah, I thought it that was the original. Oh, wasn't? No, it wasn't. What was the original? I. It was, I think, just just one person or whoever. I, I just want to go to Champagne because I like Champagne. Okay. I do. No, I do. That's fine with me. I like I mean, you can take my spot. I'll go with you. How about that? I have to pay bills and stuff, so, so, you, can, <laughs> so you, you can go to my right, spot. Right. Okay. I can't afford to miss work like that. <laughs> champagne. I was banking on my football knowledge and the fact that I would drop 143 and win. You know? Like, absolutely wow. ridiculous. Josh Jacobs, I love him. Respect. I, I respect the hell out of him. But... Come on, man! I had everybody else in the like league beat by twenty plus points, bro, but I'm bro. but Jake, you, Jake, you put up a hell of a performance. You, you, I was so you, tight though. I, 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 I was, I was, I was. Canyon Drake point two. Give me a break. I was flipping when they were saying on Red Zone, flip to your local CBS station to catch the end of the Raiders Seahawks game, and it's sixty minutes. I'm like, what is happening? I don't know what's happening. And then I go on ESPN, you know, look at the play by play, and suddenly the game just ends, and I'm like, what happened? And I'm like, please be Josh Jacobs. Please be Josh Jacobs. Oh, yeah, man. I, no, he, he had that, that 86-yard touchdown run was he absolutely had 303 nuts. 303 total yards. Madness. Of offense. It's incredible. How on earth? I don't know. 
But uh, you know, hey man. But you know what? Yeah, I don't know. I uh, this is my worst year of fantasy of all time. So uh, I'm not. So I'm Ellis not really. Ellis and I are definitely point. competing for the luckiest fantasy player alive award this year. Uh, 75 so. points and you win. That takes the cake for me. I check the standings. Maybe like. Also, I love you, dog. I go like I'll check fantasy maybe once a week. And every time I see Jake, I'm like, oh, maybe he lost this week. And he just keeps winning. That's all I have to say. I mean... I how? Mean, That's I, the question. How? Well, well, I mean, earlier in the season, it was, it was, it was Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Um, I had a little bit of birthday magic on Monday Night Football when Pat Mahomes threw four touchdowns to Travis Kelsey and Josh oh Jacobs goodness. also had a night and that won me th- that won me a comeback victory against Giddy Fox. He was not happy about it. Um and uh that that's them and Stefan Diggs have basically been the bulk of Diggs Sutherland touchdown. You yeah. drafted well, Jake. I mean yeah. I You drafted well. You know, I it's not thank you. It's not luck. No. You drafted well. That's what it comes down to in a 14-team league. Who so drafts John, the best? The yeah. deal is, and we were talking over break, mm-hmm. you're going to buy a Mike White jersey. Is that what's going on now? Yeah. From who and where? Dude, buy a Sauce Gardner jersey. Dude, Mike White's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he has his uh, jersey. Two games? Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. To, to be fair to he John. He is the guy. Hold on. To be fair to John, he does He said not, the same about Mark Sanchez, pal. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, but we, we, don't, we don't talk about him. He passed um, the ball to the running back. That was his job. He was like, here you go. I mean, that's basically my, what Mike White mostly does. Anyway. Dave, he so. uh, no, Brent, he throws for like 300 yards a game. Yeah, he but do you more. see how many yards after the catch these running backs got in last game? <sighs> I mean, like, but but listen, like, seriously, real talk. Yeah. It's Mike like, flipping White. Mike White, to be fair to John, does have his jersey in the Hall of Fame for his debut against the Bengals. It's the most completions for a quarterback in their first start ever. So yeah, his jersey yeah. is in Canton. Okay. But... Will his career end up in Canada? I mean, that's way too early to tell. Buy Sauce Gardner jersey. Mike White. Mike White. Bro, Sauce Gardner will be here. He's the he he's he, he's he's basically the second. Uh, no, you know I'm not gonna say it. he's the best corner we've had since Revis. Yeah. I, oh, one hundred percent. I also and Revis is my childhood hero. And and Sons keep Curtis in mind, Martin. keep in mind, Darrell Revis probably gonna be first battle Hall of Famer this year. Probably he is. If he's not, there's a problem with the NFL. It's all I got. When I buy jerseys, right? Like you want a guy, you want I. Well, at least this is this is my like view. You buy guys who you like that, like who are your heroes? Like I have David Wright. So Mike obviously. White after one game is your hero? Yes. All right, all right. <laughs> I respect this. I was. Hey, I, I, I hundred. I hundred percent respect that. I'm my, a, I've got a Hank jersey, obviously, because every Ranger fan. Listen, even if he right, never plays, John, even if he never plays another great game in his NFL career, yeah. you will always Mike remember White. the legend of Mike White, I the will, way Knicks fans remember the legend of Lynn Sanity. Yes. So. Or like the Mets fans remember what's his name? Bart- uh, not Bartolo Colon. Um, uh, Dana Vogelback. The things Dan we have Vogel to do to He's coming for back, no though, isn't he? Yeah, he's so, he's all, so he's still around. Uh, what's his name? Danny, Danny, Danny Burgess. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> look, look. Here's the difference between a guy like Danny Vogelback and Mike White. Vogelback's a guy who's going to play consistently, obviously, and someone who's not bad. Mike White might play the rest of the year. My, well, he should. Maybe. He has to. At the same time, Mike White has had two fringe games of over 300 yards. You're right. Follow it and, 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 and. And when he and? had the 300-yard game the first time, what happened the next week? Was he got lit up. Yeah. He got hurt. Yeah, was he hurt? He got I, hurt. I know that he got. I know he played. Played a few Indianapolis. Weeks later. He was playing well. He got hurt. And he got. Then he got lit up by by Buffalo. I was at that game. It was absolutely brutal. So and that's so, true. That's so true. again, so it's three games. Very small sample size. I understand that, but let's not overhaul. Oh, my, you know, Mike White. Mike White. Come on, look. Is he good? Okay, he's all right. Whatever. Carm, he's Jets had fans these don't have games. nice things. Come on. Huh? <laughs> Jets fans don't have nice things. This is why we get so excited. Yes, over I the know. This is true. Because, because you folks have been saying, this is the guy. This is the guy. But this For is actually- 50 years, and he's not the guy. But this is the guy. No, he's not. <laughs> like, I learned after the third quarterback to not believe that anymore. The second, <laughs> the second that Richard Todd touched the field in the 1970s, oh, the geez. Jets were cursed. They were done. I'm convinced. Nah, Joe Namath swore his soul he did. somewhere. He did. He, yeah. he, there, he cursed the Jets. No way. He cursed the Jets. He cursed I'm the Jets. Convinced. He guaranteed it, and he screwed us. He did. There's no way. He cursed He did. He yeah. cursed the Jets. I'm convinced yeah. that Shea Stadium is built on like a Native American burial ground or some kind of cursed land or something because the Mets and the Jets have just been atrocious. And City Field don't help. City Field's <laughs> right next door to it. So and and the, Jets, the Jets have to play. The, the Jets... 
have to play in the Meadowlands, in New which Jersey. which originally the originally they had to play in a stadium named after a different team. The Giants should move back to New York somewhere. They're a New York staple. They are, so we're they just are. kicking but them out of MetLife. <laughs> The, ra- the Jets should just accept. It's their stadium. They're, the way, they're in New Jersey. <laughs> it's their stadium. The, the Jets just rent. The Giants actually own the stadium. Part, okay, I got to rant about the Jets real quick. Part of the reason this, this franchise has no... I'm going to compare them to the Rangers, right? Because the Rangers, they had a long drought. You know, 1940. Yeah. Yeah, we all remember. It was brutal. But, like, even, like, when the years... During that drought... They're still a respected franchise. Original six team. They yeah, of the, course. They got the cool sweaters. They're in the garden. They, yeah. They made the playoffs a few times. Yeah, yeah. The Jets have how many years has it been? 60? 61? 50? Since they've existed? Or? Two or three, Since yeah. the Super Bowl. Since the Super Bowl. Since the Super Bowl. Okay, wait. Years. It's been... It's been... 53 years? 53. 53 years. 59. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 50, 54 years. 53 years. So their next this season is going to be the 54th year, which will match the Rangers' legend, Rangers' curse, right? Like 19. Right. Do you hear anybody in MetLife going 1969? You're po- poverty. No one cares about the Jets. No, you know why? Because there, there's one moment that will live synonymous in my head. I wasn't even alive for this. It's we want sap. We want sap. The New York Jets select Kyle Brady from Penn State. I mean, oh, come on, we're, we're, we're a joke. I think part uh, until of it. now. Is the Jets have never owned their own building? They have no. They've been renting. No, that has nothing to do with their draft status at all. No, like it's okay. Wait a minute. They have no identity. Imagine renting your whole life. The magazine. Technically, because good. Technically, a sports franchise. Technically, they share ownership of Met. Polo ground. They played the polo grounds. I think for a, a few seasons, and before they knocked it, they went to Shea Stadium for the bulk of it. The Mets. That was the Mets building. Right. They played in Giants Stadium, and I hear my dad tell stories about like they would have Giants in blue, and they just put a green tablecloth over it so you could see through it and see like the blue. It's like this is not their building. Yeah, MetLife's a lot better. You know, granted, it's a very good dual-use stadium. They use concerts and everything. They do flip it very well. MetLife is a. De- I it's, just it's it's, it's all right. It's okay. I just want to say they have no identity. I just want to say technically, Giants and Jets ownership share. The ownership of that stadium. Tech, um, it's the Giants it, stadium. It, it, it's not, not the Jets No, stadium. it is shared by both of them. Jake, no. Am I, I don't care who owns it. Whatever. It feels like it's a Giants stadium. The we know the Giants really pay the true bills and own the stadium and renovate it or what have you. That's just like yeah. saying. Okay, that, that's only because they bring in more t- more of that uh, TV revenue. That, that's all it because is. they they own the damn place to well, begin. Also, <laughs> well, also, <laughs> also, they play in the NFC East. I get. I don't care what conference it is. They own the damn place. That's they all own, that matters. Yeah, the Jets turn the Jets like, hey, can we please play your football on your field? We'll pay your rent. It's incredible. Okay, they get build a, your own building. The Jets, the okay. Jets are like a politician. They sell, they move on. They sell, they move on. They right. sell, they move okay. on. The Giants get at least one. It's a typical congressman. That's what the, the Giants Jets get. At least one home <laughs> primetime game against the division rival every single year. Of course, they bring in more money. Look, I mean, it's just, and I, John, Brett, you guys are great guys, but I I love making fun of the Jets. I do, I do. Oh yeah, you got it. Who I doesn't? love making I, I fun mean, of I'm the Jets. I mean, I'm glad you hopped on the trend of making the Jets a punching bag. Yeah, I came out of the womb having the Jets Are you kidding me? My my whole life I've been using the Jets as a punching bag. I think it's hysterical. Yeah, I mean it's a coping mechanism for the majority of the United States. It's hysterical. Especially, no surprise there. Especially on Long Island. Oh yeah, it's because oh, because that's their fan base. It is. That's their real fan base. Oh my goodness. Right. And right. now when they move to New Jersey, across the river into the Meadowlands, your whole fan base. <laughs> you changes. should you should hear some of the stories of people from Long Island, and not just stories, but actual people who do it. I've done it before. Who travel all the way from Long Island. To go to Penn Station, to hop on the New Jersey Transit, to go to a Jets game when they get blown up by 50 points and they come back. That's a myth. Nobody I, from Long Island leaves Long Island. Sorry, go ahead. That's not true. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have one sitting at the board here. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's People, not, Alex Carbonati is not real confirmed. He's not ex- He's not 100% wrong. Because most folks wait, what? who are from Long Island, <laughs> they don't leave the island. End up trapped there for the for the rest of their lives. And they don't leave, like oh. once you leave Queens, like right when the Queen, like Queens is on Long Island, but like right. Yeah. Part what, of it is, part of it's I not. I guess Valley Stream, yeah, is that yeah. the line? Yeah, 
Because yeah. I've got family in Queens. They're sure. and they're shot, but they're I, I, just, lo- I, I love just, my family, but they're just, they're crazy. Hey, so John, like, they just don't leave the island. It's no, like, I know. What do you do out there? I just want to mention nothing. They do nothing. They do nothing (laughs) besides drive and complain. That's all they do. I just want to. Well, I I guess I'll fit right in after our car rides. Oh, oh, pal, pal, are you kidding me? I'll buy you a condo on Long Island for that. Oh my goodness, Ryan. I would just like to mention before we continue that you're listening to the Friday Crew on 88.7 WRSU FM, New Brunswick. Very good. Is. This is Can We Just Talk, yes. where we have gone completely off the rails. The train's off the tracks into the into the, the East River. The, the train's off East the River. tracks. More like it's, the Long Island It went from the Raritan into the Hudson. It's currently in the East River. You can expect it to see half, see see it halfway across the Atlantic Ocean by noon tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was there at 1201. I didn't see it. This is a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> Where the, is it, Jake? Fake Jake. Where train. is the train, Jake? You all lie. <laughs> at the end of the day, the Jets fake are... Fake news. The Jets are... Fake radio station. Well, Wait, well, 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 well the finished. Jets, like fake news, are a disgrace. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, but, come on, Carm. <laughs> look, I mean, but but seriously, going from, going from Long Island to the Meadowlands, mm-hmm. I've gone to the Meadowlands for games. I leave Long Island, Massapequa park at nine o'clock in the morning i don't get back till seven o'clock at night that's brutal yep that's just brutal yep. oh it's worth it i had a uh, family what <laughs> <laughs> for me it is because the jets lose i'm happy but the people who i'm on the train with are miserable <laughs> i just can't imagine like because I had, I had a family wedding out there uh-huh and I, my experience with the long island road is two stops the wheel's point it's in or there but i i had a, a wedding in stony brook oh have fun so i was like yeah it should be like an hour and my mom's like, it's not no. an hour, cuz. She said cuz. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so I, get, I get on the uh, the train. I'm like, all right. And then it's like, this is the Long Island Railroad to Rungunkama. Yep. Staying clear of the closing doors, please. And yep. it's like 40 stops. And you're like, oh, my God, this train is the highway to hell. Oh, my God. I should have drove. And then you remember the traffic in Long Island is atrocious. Johnny boy. You're telling me. Johnny yeah. boy. Brutal. Welcome to my world. It's bad. Welcome to my world. But, but Long Island is a. Is a you know what we should do? We should create its own little sovereign nation, Island. I agree. We should take the. We should take the L O N. You know, on, on the map where it's like Long Island. We should take the L O N off of that and just be. There make have been Long rumors Island. that, and and again, this 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 will never happen. Yeah. But there have been rumors that some folks want a Long Island to be its own state at times too. It's a different country. It, no, it is. <laughs> It is a different country. You're right. Something will happen in the Settled city. Settled disaster. And I'll, like you ask somebody, like, "Hey, I'm, I don't even know, like what, like, oh, did you see the parade in, in Manhattan? Like, what parade? It's like, what do you, cause it's an hour. You live an hour away. Like, just take, turn the news on. It's, the, I don't know. This this would never happen in the Philly area. <laughs> Everybody knows what's going on there. <laughs> because people in the Philly area have lives. People on <laughs> Long Island don't. And people on Long Island would rather scream, cuss, and get stuck in traffic than actually do something with their lives. You know, and actually you, change their lives. You, you it's know, problem. you have a point there. It's a problem. It's just with, cr- the the Jets should build to close. Can we just talk? The yeah. Jets should build. There's so much land by City Field, and there's all those uh, chop shops that are owned by the mob, which everyone knows are owned by the mob, but no one can do anything about it. I on record, I'm telling you, there's something up with that because they've been there for years, and it's a crap like. They're cleaning it up they're, pretty they're, well they're, now. Come it's on, getting John. better. Come on, come on, John. Yeah, they they are completely legitimate and responsible mom and pop joints. <laughs> I don't know about all. Maybe maybe uh, one of them. You, like, it's a whole like I think it's you a are family a run businesses, John. <laughs> it's a family run business. It's a real that's what right, we call the them. area like behind center field, <laughs> yeah. like behind that street. John, John, the the politically correct term is family run businesses. <laughs> They're owned by the mob. I'm telling you, they should knock all. They should buy them out. Knock them down. Put it. They feel the same way about a family-run businesses. Real, real, real close families. I'm sure they. I'm sure they're really lovely families. <laughs> but like they're building. They're building a New York City football club stadium now. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. They should. There's room over there for an NFL stadium. There's yeah. a lot of wait, room. Wait, wait. NYCFC's getting their own stadium. Yeah, man. A city Let's go. I think the Jets should pull a the, lesson out of SpongeBob. I hate the Yankees book. that they share Yankee mm. Stadium with them. <laughs> right. I think that I, I think the Jets pull a lesson out of SpongeBob's book, where you just pick up MetLife Stadium and then move and you, it and you put else. it somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> put it on a boat, but like you don't take the Giants with you. 
Yeah, hey, wait a minute. The, Gi- the Giants belong near Manhattan. Can you imagine? So they can, they can afford to pay for a stadium. Can See you, you later. Find a new one. Can you imagine? America Dream Mall should be where the oh Giants play. <laughs> the roof. Okay, okay. I just want to say, I just want to say, you know, as someone who lives in the state of New Jersey now, it was very nice to not have... Yes. <laughs> oh, it, okay. it was very nice to not have to go through city traffic in order to get to a Giants game. Just go down the turnpike and get all the way to the end of it, and that's how you get to the stadium. If I had to go through city traffic to get there, that'd be... Oh, I, my God. I, don't I do a plenty it. of traffic. It's called Penn Station. There wow. you go. Yeah, but you're coming Indeed. from New York. It's still brutal. You're Indeed. coming from New York. I'm coming from in-state, so I don't have to worry about all that. There, there's obviously highway traffic, but it's not that bad. This is almost impossible, but, like, can you imagine if somehow, you know, they had all the money in the world to build an NFL stadium somewhere in Manhattan? That'd be incredible. It would Can never happen. Imagine it would never cool happen. That would be the worst clutter of all time. It would not happen. It would, it would never happen. No. They, no. They, the Too whole, much the whole so reason... Cool, the whole reason they're that the Giants and the the baseball giant and the football giant and the Dodgers moved Judges out of the home, state the is be, the, the whole reason the Giants, Giants and Dodgers moved out of New York City Manhattan. is because they didn't want to keep building new stadiums in the city. Yeah, right. They they were like, no, we don't have space. We don't want to spend the money on that. We want to spend the money on you know actual the, in, although, useful infra- although infrastructure. Although the Yankees knocked down their stadium, although the Yankees knocked down their stadium stadium and moved down the street, so it's, it's ridiculous. It, it's this is true. The Yankees the sport, weren't asking for a new stadium at the time. Out of all, I don't know what they were doing at the time. Out of ridiculous. all like the sports stadiums, like lore, what what ticks me off the most is that the old Yankee Stadium got knocked down. Yep. To move across the street, and they put not, not even across the street, not, not even across the street, like like what, fifty feet away. feet away, down the block, whatever. It's not even down the block; it's right next to it. But here's the worst part: is they didn't do anything with the site yep. of the old Yankee Stadium. Yep. They, they, there's nothing they, there. They have little. They have like little rec fields. What's the matter with you? It's they called have the Bronx. Rec- there's there's John, nothing in John, the Bronx. They have little rec Ugh. fields over there where it used to be. Like kids play baseball there. It's like that's public, cool, but like public recreational fields. Babe Ruth, Gehrig, DiMaggio built that house. The greatest baseball player ever. Can we all agree that Babe is the Babe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely top two. I was talking to somebody in the bus the other day. I was like, yeah, you know, the Babe. And he was like, ah, it's Bortle. I'm like, I don't know about that. I'm like, you don't think the Babe's the best baseball player ever? Anyway. The only other one. Hank Aaron? Yeah, Hank Aaron's the only other one in conversation. Hank Aaron's up there. I think Ted Williams is the greatest hitter of all time. He's the greatest Pete Rose, player. Pete Rose, uh, of all time. That's uh, true. D- neither of those guys are Ichiro Suzuki. Ted Williams is the greatest player to never win a World Series. That is World not Series? Ichiro Suzuki. Never. <laughs> never. I never. I never. Never. I completely Red Sox. agree with you. He Alex, I completely he agree is. with you. I'd agree with I, that. They, I didn't, that is not Ichiro Suzuki. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, we'll go to break. <laughs> yeah. We're well past 5 o'clock. Oh, we'll yeah. step aside. We'll come back. We'll hear from some Rutgers men's soccer players. Rutgers men's soccer rang the bells at Old Queens today in honor of their Big Ten title, the first in program history and the first for any men's program on the banks. Keep it tuned. Friday Crew on WRSU.